Uh, welcome back to The Bulwark Goes to Hollywood. I'm very pleased to be joined today uh, by Lloyd Kaufman. So Lloyd Kaufman uh, is the the brilliant and twisted mind behind, amongst so many other things, The Toxic Avenger, uh, Troma's War, Tromeo and Juliet, uh, so many, so many movies, so many classics. Um, and I, uh, I am a little, I'm, I'm going to be honest, I'm a little bit I'm a little bit starstruck here uh, because I have been watching uh, Mr. Kaufman's movies for as long as I can remember. And uh, also the the Toxic Avenger cartoon show, which uh, maybe we can talk a little bit about um, in a bit here. But the reason uh, we have Mr. Kaufman on the show today is because his latest and uh, I've been told last, hopefully not last, uh, but maybe last uh, movie Shakespeare's Shitstorm is playing at the Museum of the Moving Image and uh, and, and, and some more more showtimes in New York City. But I wanted, I'm wanted i extremely excited to have Mr. Kaufman on. Thank you for being on the show today. This land is for everybody, no question about it. And Troma, Troma is very upset about the current state of, of elitism and all that stuff. Uh, this is the first time we've had anybody play themselves onto the show. I really appreciate it. Yes. Um, so, uh, Mr. Kaufman, let's talk a little bit about uh, Shakespeare's shitstorm, and then we'll we'll get to the rest. What what was the inspiration behind this? Can can you can you um, give can you give folks the elevator pitch uh, uh, as you as you see it for this movie? Why why should they go see it? Well, I'm very verbose, so I can't do an elevator pitch. I live in a brownstone. Where we have a house in New York with stairs. We have to walk up four flights. The stair pitch. So the stair pitch, much longer. Um, it's hashtag Shakespeare shitstorm. The hashtag is part of the title, uh, which is even stupider than having a title with the word shit in it. Uh, so. Uh, this movie is probably <laughs> doomed. But the Museum of the Moving Image just sold out their uh, night on Friday, and the Cinema Village Theater is almost sold out, and the uh, Film Noir in Brooklyn is doing very well, too. So uh, we open April 8th in New York, and uh, uh, I think even the Night, uh, night Hawk, the Night Hawk is going to play the film, but that's next week. Um, and you'll be, are you going to, is the show on the 9th that you're going to be at, is that already sold out? Uh, I, it's it's getting sold out. But okay. We have a big panel there with uh, the the cast and and I and me. Sorry, and me. Uh, the Museum of the Moving Image. The panel is mainly concerned about my fifty years of failed cinema. But the the, the uh, village, the Cinema Village, there'll be cast and uh, people there who will be much more entertaining and attractive than I. So come to the Cinema Village, and then uh, I think the next day, um, the ninth, there'll be a panel at the the Film Noir, which is Brooklyn's best art house. And uh, we're looking for a good turnout there. So let's talk about hashtag uh, Shakespeare, Shakespeare Shitstorm, uh, because I, uh, I, I, I've I watched it. I watched it. Uh, unfortunately, I had to watch it at home because that's how we watch all things now, you know. But where are you? Where are you? Uh, I am located in Dallas. I'm, I'm located in Dallas. I was just so. there. God damn it. We were there uh, at the beautiful... Uh, Lee Harvey Oswald, Texas Theater. The Texas Theater, yeah. The we Texas Theater. Apprehended. Uh, yep. well, we had a, it was almost full. The place is huge. 
Yeah. Huge. Yeah, that's that's a that's a good one to almost sell out. I mean, that's a that's a big yeah, venue. I think they're still playing it there. I'm not sure, but I think it went for a week. Anyway, yeah. so we had a six tour, six city tour in Texas, all produced by the fans. They they uh, drove uh, me. They drove Toxy and Sarah. We had two cars. I tried to pay for their motels and their uh, food and gas. They wouldn't permit it, and uh, all to help from went. So thank you, Bill Akers. Thank you, Matt uh, McNew, and thank you. Uh, Little Spark uh, th uh, Productions, uh, Catalina Querida and uh, Lucio and Tori. And we had a whole trauma posse and uh, they did it out of love for trauma and uh, an attempt to uh, keep Uncle Lloydie's career alive. So thank you. And Oklahoma City, too. So we must have driven 3,000 miles all around Texas, Oklahoma. Um. All right, so I want to talk about fifty years of trauma here in a minute, but let's let's talk about the new movie uh, or newish. I mean, it, it came out in, uh, a couple of years back, but obviously COVID has messed everything up in yeah, terms yeah. of getting well, getting out there and getting around. Theaters uh, during COVID. Yeah, and no, so uh, it got rejected to pretty much every film festival. Fan Fantasia, which is a big big one, uh, uh, had it as their anchor film, the, the leading film. But they, they couldn't get any media to deal with it. Uh, so all the other film festivals, even the shitty little ones like the Salem Film Festival that promotes violence to women, even they eventually rejected. Uh, oh, man. Jack Shakespeare shit story. Well, do you think that's uh, in part because of so let's 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 set uh, set out. So it's a retelling of The Tempest, uh, kind of a loose retelling of The Tempest, yes. uh, Shakespeare's The Tempest um, with uh, the, the typical trauma edge with lots of lots of uh, kind of over the top slapstick violence and uh, bodily excretions and, uh, you know, nudity, importantly, very important nudity. Um, uh, but also you call it. It's <laughs> And this time we had the trained whales, so that's pretty. Good. And some, and you had Free Willy. I was impressed that you were able to get Free Willy for the for the Albania, where the first uh, American movie company to film a narrative in the great country of Albania, and that's where all the whales. And uh, we spent about eight days filming there on the uh, uh, wonderful, wonderful uh, opportunity. And and after we did it, now all these big movies are coming to Albania because the mainstream are chicken. They're afraid, yeah. to, they're afraid. They're afraid they lose their little petty suit jobs. So once we were successful, now there's some big movies coming into Albania. So And we thank Albania. They gave us a, an amazing opportunity, an amazing deal. And uh, we gambled, they gambled, and it worked out. So thank you, Albania. Albania. Well, not, not the first time uh, that you and Troma have been trailblazers. We can talk about the home video market. Uh, in a minute, because I think that's a that's a very big and important part of your story. What was it that that um, sparked you to to kind of want to make this, and also to uh, revisit some of the stuff that Troma has done in the past? I mean, I, Tromeo and Juliet, obviously one of your biggest hits from the last you know thirty years. Uh, uh, now this, like, what is it about Shakespeare that brings you uh, bring gets gets you going? Well, Shakespeare is the greatest uh, writer of English uh, words uh, ever. Uh, so uh, uh, Michael Hers and I are well educated, a lot more than the, uh, the, the idiots who run the industry. Uh, you know, we studied Shakespeare and uh, we went to Yale, among other things. I have uh, went to see The Tempest when uh, I was about eight years old uh, in the dark theater with my mother. Maurice Evans, I think, was the star. And uh, just uh, being in the dark with my mother was a, a very intense experience. 
If you've seen my brother, Charles Kaufman's Mother's Day, which is about two brothers and the mother, you'll get the idea. But since then, uh, uh, since I was eight years old, I was struck by the uh, Tempest, studied it at Trinity School in New York, uh, had it at Yale, uh, have seen it multiple times on stage, um, have seen a, a bunch of the movies, uh, and I wanted to wait until I was Prospero's age so I could really feel what the movie, what the show is about. Shakespeare deals with the loss of power, with magic, with monsters, with fairies. With It's the trippiest of Shakespeare's uh, uh, plays. I, I, I certainly have taken a lot of drugs, and I know what he was, but he must have also. But it has a monster, Caliban. And, I mean, it's, it's per, and, and it's perfect for an old man like me. Prospero is losing his power. He's banished to a, a, an island. He, uh, they kick him out of his uh, province uh, where he's a governor or baron or whatever. And, uh, um, and uh, I, I've been uh, banished further and further down the uh, tubes into the uh, nether regions of the, uh, the, main, of the uh, underground. Uh, you know, so I feel what, and I make, not, uh, like Prospero, I make magic. Uh, movies are magic, no matter how you look at them. And uh, so I, I had a lot, uh, you know, I didn't want to do Prospero while I was uh, at the time that James Gunn and I were making uh, Tromeo and Juliet. I wanted to wait till I was of, of age and I've lived long enough. I didn't expect to, but I've lived long enough so I could, I, I, I get it. And hashtag Shakespeare's shitstorm is, I think, the best uh, reimagining of The Tempest that's been done on film. Uh, and uh, it's certainly my most personal film. And uh, Terra Firmer had been my most personal film. Uh, it was about the making of a low-budget film and, and about the making of a trauma director. And is he, he may not be talented, but he believes in what he's doing. So uh, I think there's a lot of Prospero there, too. Yeah. And uh, the the kind of modern hook here is is two pronged. You have one, there's the opioid ap epidemic, which I think is a, obviously a, a hot button issue. Um, and also, uh, you know, kind of alongside that, the corruption of the elites, the you know, the the ways in which uh, business is is profiting off of human suffering, the serious part. And then, of course, there's the, the trauma kind of silliness and which which leavens the, the the story but also again there's the kind of social media aspect the 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 ways in which uh big structural problems like that are ignored for little identity politics stuff for lack of a better word um how did you uh, what what was it that wanted you to bring those two ideas together uh in this in this classic wrapping well thank you for asking uh i'm gonna blow out a lot of words uh my wife and i have been married for just about 50 years from the time I, I met her, she watches these morning shows, these chat shows like uh, the Today Show and the whatever, you know, you know, these morning, Good Morning America. Uh, they're horrible. But <laughs> what makes them worse is they, they have these ads uh, every five minutes for drugs. So how many generations of children have been watching the, these chat shows that their mothers put on in the TV in their kitchen? while the children are eating the Fruit Loops and becoming obese, how many kids have been uh, brainwashed with the idea you got to take a drug, get a, get a doctor to write you a prescription, uh, uh, you got you to gotta hangnail, get a purple pill. Uh, uh, they, even, they even give you the colors of the pill sometimes. 
they usually have a fat porky guy running around town uh, so happy and uh, uh, and uh, uh, ugh, it's so disgusting but meanwhile little children have been watching this for 50 fucking years so that was very important to me and uh, obviously the opioid crisis is only part of it you know the uh, the drug companies have killed many more than uh, than uh, hashtag fuck Putin has uh, uh, you know and will so uh, you know it's very important I don't know why we have to keep taking these drugs I take a lot of drugs but that's for recreation and uh, uh, you know that's my own privacy you know I, yeah oh, I, I, luckily nobody's listening so they won't know that I'm totally <laughs> addicted to booze and drugs. But that's oh, that problem. But a five-year-old kid shouldn't be hearing that. They shouldn't yeah. be hearing about uh, the, these uh, the names too. The name, uh, you, you know, you get so you can even you even start to believe that they might be uh, useful. Anyway, that's one of yeah. the themes. And the other theme was uh, Yale University, my so-called alma mater, has totally given in to the snowflakes. Uh, they are so fucked up. They're getting rid of professors and they're hiring administrators. They have more administrators than they've ever had. You know, the people that can can uh, deal with uh, uh, political correctness. And so they sent out a letter, Yale, Yale, where arguably the smartest students in the world exist. They sent a letter to the students telling the students, you know, for Halloween, it's not a good idea. Don't wear a, a Mexican hat. Don't wear a Chinese pigtail. Uh, you, uh, what's acceptable is uh, uh, where's where's Waldo? That's okay. So I, I so then there's a video. Oh well, that was what they sent. What Yale sent to the students. Then a Nobel Prize winning scientist uh, and also a best selling author, uh, who was a dean at Yale. His wife wrote an open letter saying, "What is this all about? Yale students don't need to be told what to wear on Halloween. What what are we doing here?" And uh, the uh, the snowflakes just lynched these people. They came over to where they were living. They screamed. You can watch it on uh, yeah. YouTube. Sure. I saw it on YouTube, and that that pushed me over the line with the uh, hashtag. And uh, uh, and I have been, you know, James Gunn uh, was uh, almost uh, tossed off his career. I've had uh, two horrible uh, lie uh, lying. Uh, Third-rate podcast uh, podcasters come after me. Uh, luckily, the fans uh, went after them. Uh, uh, so it's uh, it's ugly. And uh, Al Franken, you know, here we have one a senator uh, out of a hundred. How many senators actually work for us? I don't think uh, the Democrat uh, Mnuchin, who is a coal miner billionaire, I don't think he's working for us. I don't think. Uh, uh, the guys, the two senators in New Jersey are, really, are working for us. Menendez has been uh, indicted twice. And the other guy, Brooker, Booker, he was in the front row at Menendez's uh, criminal uh, trial. Uh, I mean, who, who's working for the people? Al Franken, among others. So uh, Gillian, uh, what's her name? Uh, the New York Gillibrand. Gillibrand uh, kicked him out. So yeah. this is what we got. And uh, so uh, I think hashtag Shakespeare shitstorm is my uh, attempt to to sort of bring this out. And yeah, I, I doubt it's going <laughs> to I don't think it'll change much, but you never know. <laughs> Troma has been a huge influence. Troma Entertainment for 50 years has had a huge footprint on the countryside of American pop culture. Without a doubt. Yeah. 
Well, I, I want to talk. So I want to talk about this because I uh, I read all I need to know uh, about filmmaking. I learned from the Toxic Avenger years ago. I mean, it came out in 97, 98, something like that. I read it when I was in college, sometime between 2000, 2004. Uh, it was a it was an eye opening book for me, uh, in part because, again, I grew up watching the Toxic Avenger on, you know, on on cable and and on VHS. Um, and I, uh, I'm, I I want to get your I want to get your long view uh, look at the entertainment industry here, um, because I, I think it's I think it's a really you have lived through uh, a, a number of transformations within the industry itself, both from a uh, from it from an artistic and a frankly, a financial and business point of view. And the point of this, uh, I, I, I know you don't listen to the Bulwark Goes to Hollywood. So I'll just say the show is a is a it's a business of Hollywood podcast, which is like kind of the the, the main the main oh, idea I here. This. I listened. I, I... <laughs> When this came in, I def I went and listened to it. It's very good. Oh, thank you, thank you. But and but it's entertaining, a... may I say that this particular interview may doom you. But uh... that's okay. I'll be I'll be all right. I'll be fine. But I want to. So I want to I want to talk to you about the uh, I want to talk to you about the the business of Hollywood because what oh. I what I found interesting at the time and what I what I find interesting again rereading it now I reread it for this interview was how how everything changed when VHS came about. And how the VHS revolution itself kind of ate itself, and and whether or not we have seen that happen again with internet and streaming and VOD, and how how that, from your perspective as as an independent filmmaker, how the the business of selling movies has changed, um, first from from theaters to VHS, and then from you know VHS to blockbuster, and now in the streaming era, what what do you see as the biggest changes and challenges within the industry itself? Well, certainly the biggest challenge for us uh, independents is that the laws that used to protect the public against monopoly have been done away with. So the theaters can now be owned by the studios. Uh, thanks to Clinton, uh, there's no more there's no more public domain. Mickey Mouse, Toxic Avenger, they'll never become public domain because Clinton gave Disney uh, 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 unending public domain for Mickey Mouse. Disney was built on public domain. Public domain, uh, Thomas Jefferson and his uh, uh, cronies uh, intended for copyright to be 14 years so that the author and the creator would benefit uh, from the public uh, for 14 years and then give it back to the public uh, in appreciation so the public could create their own Mickey Mouses and Toxic Avengers. But that was not meant to be. Uh, Mickey Mouse is going to be permanently in the uh, uh, private property of Disney, uh, as will all the uh, public domain uh, sexist, racist fairy tales that Disney has produced. So so uh, I am saying that uh, this is outrageous. And uh, Mickey Mouse could still be produced by Disney. They could still have their own Mickey Mouse. But maybe, uh, maybe Hayao Miyazaki wants to do a... Uh, uh, a Mickey Mouse, maybe, uh, maybe uh, uh, Brandon Bassam, whose new movie uh, I am producing, maybe Mercedes the Muse, uh, trauma feminist, uh, might want to do a feminist version of Mickey Mouse, a real feminist version. But uh, it's not to be. Where, where again, the elites have taken over. Oh, what would a yeah, what would a uh, what would a trauma Mickey Mouse movie look like? Yeah, I'm, I have I'm no, curious. Yeah, I have no interest. Uh, but um, <laughs> I have no interest. But the point is, other people might. There's no, there's absolutely no reason why uh, public domain should go on forever. We should give it back to the public. 
They're the ones who supported us. Spider-Man shouldn't be in the public, should be in the public domain, uh, uh, but it isn't. It's, you know, this is, the public should get back what it supported for for 14 years. Uh, In fact, I wrote a book called Sell Your Own Damn Movie, and I make a good case, A, Piracy may be a good thing as long as people aren't selling your movie. If kids are trading it and uh, little pimply kids are, uh, are, are broadcasting it for free, I, it's okay with me. I'm an artiste. I want people to see my work, you know, as long as they're not charging. Those uh, uh, five million fascist uh, uh, genocidal Chinese who are, are making money off our movies and we don't get one cent. I don't like that. No way. And I certainly don't like the fact that the Russian uh, fascist uh, genocidal uh, elites have got our movies and making money off them. Uh, we don't get one cent from that. So uh, that's terrible. But I don't mind if people, uh, I just wrote, a guy just wrote me from uh, Kansas City. They have no independent theaters, but they do have some kind of a broken down uh, lumberyard or something where they show movies. I said, if you don't charge admission, you can, uh, 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 you know, uh, show any of the movies that uh, uh, Troma has produced and that I've directed. Uh, no problem. Well, that's great. That's great. I, I want to talk. I, I want to talk a little bit about seeing movies in a theater uh, in yeah. in one sec. Um, before we do that, though, I, I I am curious to get your take on on the internet as a business model. Uh, how how has that worked for? You at Troma, because I mean, originally, again, I like I said, I'm I'm rereading, uh, I'm rereading your first book with, that you wrote with James Gunn, and there's an there's a part in here where you talk about uh, you can go to Troma.com, you can buy our movies on VHS, send us a check, we'll send you the movie, and obviously things have changed a great deal since then. Now you can stream the entire Troma lo- library. It feels like almost from from your website for like six bucks a month, something like that. Five, I, I, five, five, five bucks a month. Troma now, Troma now. It's the future, Sonny. But now, and uh, uh, we got about a thousand movies and music videos and shorts. And then every month, about six new movies by the James Guns and Trey Parker and Matt Stones and Eli Roths of the future. So uh, it's a wonderful streaming service, and it's uh, it's growing. We don't have any money to advertise, so you know it's growing by word of, word of mouth, and that's. That is a major uh, hope of ours that uh, Troma now will uh, be okay, uh, you know, and keep us, uh, you know, at least contribute to the uh, longevity of uh, Troma Entertainment. Yeah, but it's great. I watch it. There's all sorts of stuff I've never seen there before by new directors. Uh, they're really interesting. They come from the heart, uh, the brain, and the soul of the filmmakers. And good or bad, they're definitely uh, worth watching. Yeah. Uh... So, like I said, there was a there's a, there's a line from this book. So you you were talking about um, uh, the making of Toxic Avenger three and Sergeant uh, Kabukiman NYPD. And here's here's a line the line I wanted to highlight. Other low budget film companies, including my friend Roger Corman's company Concord, uh, completely eliminated theatrical release from their budgets long ago. But I still love projectors and popcorn and faulty speakers and floors where your shoes stick to the dried up cola. Yes. I I love I love this because I love theaters. I love going to the movie theater. I love going to see stuff in theaters. And I I want to get your take as again as a longtime producer, director, actor. What is it like to sit there in a crowd and watch with your 
uh, fans and your your well wishers the the new thing that you have produced. What is that like for you as a as an artist? I I enjoy it. I've I've uh, I very much enjoy to see see the reactions. And by the way, the Troma Dance Film Festivals, one of the which is free and been going on for twenty two years, uh, if I'm correct. Um, one of the great dividends of that, uh, not just uh, showing uh, movies for free, but also the fact that the filmmakers could sit in a theater and see the audience. These are filmmakers, most of whom had their first film in Trauma Dance Film Festival. Um, they got to see their movie with an audience and they were so happy. They really enjoyed it to see the reaction. And I, no way. Uh, uh, I, I, I love the theater. It's a communal experience. It's totally different from watching uh, by yourself, uh, you know. Uh, and uh, again, I come back, I started in the 60s making movies when I was at Yale. So uh, there were only theaters. And when we made Squeeze Play Waitress Stuck on You, uh, there was no uh, uh, anything. It was just, uh, there was TV. And we did uh, make uh, television versions um, and occasionally would get on uh, TV. But for the most part, it was only theaters. And then VHS came in and we, we jumped on it. We, we loved it at the time. And of course, the mainstream, uh, what they do is they try to throw a monkey wrench into new technology. So uh, uh, Jack Valenti and the MPAA, Motion Picture Association of America, the rating board, they uh, you know sued everybody and claimed that copyright law would go away and we'd be inundated with child pornography and blah, blah, blah. They use the same. And then, of course, <laughs> once they tried to hold it up, then, of course, they uh, uh, they uh, basically took it over with Blockbuster. They put all the mom and pop independents out of business and they put out um, and most of the independent uh, production companies were put out of business because Blockbuster owned the, owned the market and they only had a small number of, uh, of variety. They didn't believe in variety. They wanted to have 50 copies of, uh, of uh, you know, Batman or whatever it was going at the time, rather than 10 copies of Batman and maybe one of uh, Class of New Kamai or, you know, so, uh, so we had to move over and, uh, and then uh, we embraced the video uh, DVDs and we were in there even before the uh, machines were, uh, <laughs> <laughs> on people's uh, in people's houses, uh, uh, we loved uh, DVD and so forth and so on. Now the internet and the, the two reasons Troma is still around, Sony is because of uh, Sony is because of our fans who do everything, and uh, and the internet. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here. And uh, uh, the um, conspiracy of the labor elite, the corporate elite, and the and the um, bureaucratic elite. Uh, conspire to uh, to kill the internet. They want to get rid of net neutrality. Uh, they they don't want to have a free, open, and uh, diverse internet. And you know the internet's the last democratic uh, medium, and it's already been perverted by Amazon and Google and all these uh, YouTube and you know the algorithms have totally destroyed independent uh, uh, poss- the independent uh, movie in terms of getting yeah. any significant uh, revenue. If you're a vassal yeah. of, say, 20th Century Fox and you call Fox Searchlight, that's what uh, is considered independent. Uh, Sony Classics, they're right. considered independent. Uh, uh, but the companies like Troma, which are independent, are, uh, uh, how do you say it, Black- <laughs> blacklisted, basically. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's always kind of funny to hear 
uh, a movie like Nightmare Alley, for instance, which I liked a lot, but I like people say, oh, Nightmare Alley, you know, an independent film. It's a $40 million movie. Yeah, it is like, no independent, but it's a great movie. And uh, it is a great movie. One more Oscars. Yeah, I uh, I loved it. Uh, and everyone, everyone should see well, it. But um, it's a big fan. Del Toro, when he was a kid, I met him at festivals. He loves trauma. And yeah. obviously we were in uh, He talks about trauma. The guys who did Deadpool, who I've never met, they. They clearly love trauma uh, and talk yeah. about it. Uh, a lot of the uh, mainstream has. Uh, you, uh, check out Netflix, a series called Sally Forever. Uh, <laughs> if that isn't trauma all the way. In fact, the woman who stars in it has a big part in the reimagining of the Toxic Avenger that the legendary is producing, directed by Megan Blair. Uh, the woman who stars in uh, Sally Forever and who directed it uh, and wrote it uh, is in uh, she uh, defecates on a man's face very <laughs> graphically. You can't miss it. I mean, it's nothing, <laughs> no subtlety there. There are people vomiting on each other, and yet it's a wonderful. It's a very good series, and it looks great. They had really yeah. good, good quality lighting, and and the technical side was, uh, you know, clearly they spent some money, which we don't have. So our movies, you know, the lighting's a little. You know, we have to move fast, so you don't have the best yeah. lighting. Uh, you can see behind the curtain with our movies sometimes uh, or the silicone, whatever it is. Uh, but the audience is kind of like that. It's very uh, Bertolt Brechtian. It's very uh, Thorn Thornton Wilder. Uh, uh, how do you say it? Breaking the fourth wall kind of. Uh, sure. The, the, sure. the participants who are watching the movie are part of the uh, family making the movie. Uh, they like that. Yeah. What do you what do you think trauma's biggest influence on Hollywood writ large has been? Has it been serving as a training ground or kind of changing the um, the idea of what is acceptable on the big screen to see? Well, I think both. I mean, if you look at the people who've come out of trauma, I mean, Samuel Jackson, I mean, I mentioned them. You know, there are all sorts of right? James Gunn, Trey Parker and Matt Stone. There's, First movie before South Park was Cannibal the Musical. Uh, mm -hmm. um, James Gunn wrote Romeo and Juliet. You got uh, uh, Eli Roth, uh, Fergie. His first movie was Monster in the Closet. The late Paul Walker, uh, also monster, a child actor in Monster mm -hmm. in the Closet. I mean, there's also uh, tons of people. Vincent D'Onofrio, his first movie. Yep. Uh, even um, uh, early Oliver Stone. Yeah, well, he yeah, that's right. He got in the movies because of me. He was writing shitty novels, and uh, I was making movies at Yale, and he hung out. And turns out he's one of our greatest directors. He he uh, worked on my first couple of movies. A, a, a lot of you know, I think that's a big deal for us, and I think also the people clearly. If you look at the first season of South Park, I mean, it's a cartoon version of Troma. Uh, yeah. which is uh, very clever because when you see it in cartoon, if you see somebody uh, getting their arm ripped off and rats coming over to eat it, uh, <laughs> if you see that in real, uh, in, with humans, uh, not so acceptable, but in cartoon, and, you know, not so bad. Yeah. You get the cover of Entertainment Weekly. They are brilliant. What's that? You get the cover of Entertainment Weekly if you do it in a cartoon form <laughs> instead of live action. Well, <laughs> Yes, but Dave, nonetheless, I've been watching the recent South Park, and it's just better than ever. It's just great. Yeah, they are the punch, the punch magazine of uh, the, the, the United States. Just terrific. Yeah, 
Uh, I I love I love Parker and Stone. It's good. I'm I'm and I'm glad they're they're still going. You know, they could have they could have shut it down. Anytime, they're lovely but... guy. They're so nice. James Gunn too. The people who've come out of trauma, they're the best. James Gunn is the nicest guy in the world. The most talented, thoughtful, and the people around him. He's had the same manager, agent, best. In fact, his best friends he met on Tromeo and Juliet. Uh, Stevie oh. uh, Stevie and. Uh, also, his brothers in Tromeo and Juliet, and uh, Stevie Black Blackheart, Jane uh, uh, Jensen. You know, was, uh, so he he's a really great guy, and uh, he loves movies. That's the problem with the mainstream. You you suits you don't love movies. You love the red carpet. You love the two thousand uh, dollar dress by Yves Saint Laurent. Uh, you love the party, the five hundred thousand dollar parties, uh, where there's a party within the party where uh, Stallone is uh, in there with a grouchy face and poor, uh, uh, ugly bodyguards, uh, you know, and you can't, you, you can't get into the party within the party unless you're a, a commissioner like my beautiful wife. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it's ugly, you know. Yeah. And these guys, the ones who come out of trauma, they're wonderful people. And, the, and the, uh, some of the mainstream, a lot of mainstream uh, stars want to be in trauma movies, but we can't do it because we can't afford to, shoot uh, union we, we uh, yeah. it's impossible for half a million to do the sort of script in fact matthew gray goobler talk to him he loves trauma he, he uh, david destats you know whatever his name is from, from uh, yeah yeah they all, uh, um, uh, david destmalkian from, uh, that, yeah. uh, the suicide squad yeah, and all, uh, the dark knight they're yeah. all big fans uh, you know and they do try to help us as much as they yeah. can with the you know the social thing yeah, what are some of the uh, what are some of the uh, union? What, uh, there, there's a segment uh, again in your book uh, that I just reread the uh, the the breaking down the cost of what it would actually cost to hire uh, like a big uh, a relatively big name who is a member of SAG to come in and do a movie. What is what what are the extra costs that that adds beyond just you know paying that person's salary? Well, the idea is if you if you ha- if you have an actor working on Monday. And you don't use them. You see, I'm using the incorrect pronoun because I'm so woke. If you don't use them until Friday, they, you, you have to pay them for the whole week. And uh, I think it's 800 a day or 1000 You know, it's big money. And uh, we just don't have it. If you look at hashtag Shakespeare shit zone, there are thousands of people. In. There's no way we could have paid people. Uh, also, uh, uh, we're not that good at getting a hot lunch in six hours. We did have hot lunches. And they were very, very good, but they uh, at times didn't get there in six hours. And we certainly didn't have chocolate chip cookies and uh, mousse à l'orange and uh, 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 tofu, uh, Thai tofu with uh, with uh, uh, chili and uh, fried rice. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you get one thing on a trauma table. And usually uh, I'm vegetarian and I try to make sure that the uh, food is healthy. Uh, but it's usually, you know, like one thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I want I want to talk a little bit uh, about uh, trauma and trauma as a almost a precursor of some other some some things that we've seen in the industry and and um, and really fandom. Right. The 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 fandom of trauma is its is its uh, is its magic. But that fandom, I think I think it's fair to say that fandom was cultivated by the idea you guys had of. Tromaville, right? The idea of like putting so many of your movies in the same kind of connected universe. It's it's a precursor of everything that that the Marvel Cinematic Universe has done, but it was 
influenced by the original, by Stanley and what yeah. he was doing at Marvel, right? One of the few things I learned at Yale other than drugs and uh, uh, um, Chinese studies was Marvel. The guy next to, and, uh, the guy who had the room next door to us, he had a collection of Marvel comics. And I, I didn't read comics as a kid. Uh, they weren't permitted in our house. And I, I just didn't have any interest. In fact, Oliver Stone, we grew up together. He had a big collection of classic comics and Scrooge, uh, Uncle Scrooge comics, and I would I'd love them, both of them. But I didn't have comics. Uh, and uh, I saw Stan Lee's comics and wow, wow, wow. The art, the fact that he would name the, uh, he'd use alliteration to credit his, uh, his uh, colorers and his inkers and story writers. And uh, I love that stuff. And I searched him out after I... Uh, my last year at Yale, '69, uh, I, I uh, he was living in New York and working in New York, and uh, he, we got along. And I, he had an idea for a script which I wrote called "Night of the Witch," and it got uh, it actually got optioned a few times. Uh, but then he uh, his partners uh, didn't want it; they uh, they only wanted him to be involved in AAA movies. But it's a good script. Someday maybe we'll make it. But he was a big influence. Uh, and his favorite trauma movie was uh, Sergeant Kabuki Man, NYPD, who tried to get uh, Jim Carrey to play uh, a, a reimagining, but it didn't happen. But uh, yeah. we were very close friends. He's in uh, uh, about eight of our films. Uh, and uh, we dedicated Hashtag Shakespeare Shitstorm to J Stan Lee, John G. Avelson, who directed Rocky and Car Karate Kids and Cry Uncle, which is still on uh, Trauma Now, wonderful film, low-budget film that John made, hilarious, Cry Uncle, satire of film noir that came out uh, before Rocky, that uh, John uh, directed prior to Rocky, on which yeah. I also worked on Rocky, thanks to him. So, yeah. uh, 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 and uh, my stepmother, we, <laughs> Sigrun Kaufman, we, we, she died also, so we had three yeah. people dedicated. And they were all very important in both my uh, cultural and uh, friendship uh, life. Yeah. Um, but I have to say the idea of the trauma universe is uh, definitely marvels. Um, you know, I, the idea of a Tromaville is the little town in New Jersey and everything happens there. Uh, that's, uh, I think I have to say that uh, that came from Marvel. Uh, uh, you know, the Marvel universe where the characters would you know, it just start. I think it was just starting, maybe. Or, yeah. And the Toxie is Stan Lee in one of my books. He he uh, did an introduction where he says that uh, uh, Toxie, in the same way that Spider Man put a new face on the comic book hero, Toxie uh, put a new face on the movie superhero, and that he he uh, can't get a job. He's got skin problems. He to his <laughs> girlfriend. His mother uh, you know, has difficult uh, mother problems. Uh, you know, similar the pathos. The, uh, the that, that's why people like Toxie. And he only has a mop, of course, as a weapon. Yeah, that's what, sympathetic. Why is I I I, I was rewatching uh, the Toxic Avenger this week uh, in preparation for this, and it it really does it works on so many levels. But it is it is such a joyful film. What what is it about uh what is it about the Toxic Avenger that appeals to folks? Across, like through the years, I, I I think you can introduce that movie to people today, and people I think folks would be really into it. They are. I mean, I I uh, yeah, I Troma, actually on Troma now, 
Toxic Avenger is, uh, it's amazing how many people haven't seen it or they want to see it again because it's, it's usually number one or at worst number two on uh, Troma Now, uh, the first Toxic Avenger. Although I believe uh, if you want to see a better film, Citizen Toxic, the fourth one, is really the most, uh, uh, I think, controversial and interesting and, and uh, original, uh, written by Trent Hager. Why do you say that? I actually haven't seen the fourth one. I, I have not. I have, I, have, I have not seen the fourth one. A, it's a uh, it's a um, doppelganger movie. There's a, a, the good Toxie goes uh, through an explosion uh, at the school, goes into gets uh, pushed into Amortville, and the bad Toxie, the noxious event, uh, offender, the noxious Nazi, gets put into uh, happy good Tromaville. So there's a. Uh, and and the film deals with abortion and plastic surgery. You know these thirteen-year-old kids in Beverly Hills who are uh, getting uh, their faces redone or fat taken off. I mean, it's just it's horrible. Uh, so yeah. there are a lot of interesting themes, especially abortion, which apparently uh, is. <laughs> I opened my screenings in Texas. I hope my wife isn't listening, but I opened it by uh, saying that uh, we were here in Texas because uh, they were looking. Uh, apparently, you could get a. An abortion, uh, no problem, uh, very liberal. Uh, <laughs> and we get a huge laugh from our phones. Uh, I'm not so sure. Uh, that sounds about right. That sounds... Would, would enjoy it. Yeah. But, uh, um, but that's that. Toxie, the point is, in 1999, the citizen Toxie uh, dealt with all that stuff. And in fact, uh, there's a, a Corey Feldman, uh, a.k.a. Uh, Finkelstein, somebody Finkelstein, uh, he plays the doctor who announces to, uh, <laughs> to Sarah that she's got two babies inside of her. <laughs> anyway, I don't want to be a spoiler, but that's a good one. Good, All right. Good I got I to go to Troma Now and check it out. Yes, um, I, and Troma Now is free the first month. So, you know, you can see much as you want. If you like it, you four ninety nine. That's not so bad. Yeah, it's a, I mean, it's a, it's a good deal. And you guys have an enormous library. Yes. I mean, you uh, I, that that's part of the the interesting the interesting business model that you guys built. Uh, I, I think your your business partner, Michael Hart, said what we can we can license, uh, you know, a thousand movies for the cost of one. Why are that's we cool. why are we still making movies? <laughs> He's right. But the problem is we're, we're shunned. We're blacklisted. We don't exist. <laughs> right. The major media doesn't uh, pay any attention to us. But, uh, you know, if MGM, uh, Amazon just bought MGM for how many billions of dollars? Uh, we have a thousand movies and people love them. Uh, and the more, you know, we just, nobody knows about it. You know, you know, about yeah. it, but it's unbelievable how many people still don't know about the Toxic Avenger, much less trauma and 50 years of trauma. Right. So, yeah. uh, you know, we, 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 it's all word of mouth. It's all, th- uh, what we have is all thanks to the fans and uh, to some extent the interview with, uh, the internet, which unfortunately is getting more and more uh, uh, choked. Yeah, yeah. Um, I all right. That was that was pretty much everything I wanted to ask. I always I always like to close these interviews by asking if there's anything I should have asked. If there's anything you you think people should know about uh, hashtag Shakespeare shitstorm. If you if there's anything you want to say about fifty years of trauma, I, what what what's next well, for uh, Mr. Lloyd Kaufman? I I, I think that. Hashtag Shakespeare Shitstorm might be my last movie. Um, I, uh, after, it was a very uh, difficult. If you see the movie, it's a $22 million film made for under half a million. It's a big deal. Uh, and um, I, uh, 
I, at the end of it, I had I end of principal photography. I literally did my own fromage to Hitchcock. I actually had vertigo <laughs> for three days. Uh, I was spinning, a room was spinning around, and I hadn't had a drop to drink. So um, I hope that uh, people might check out the Tempest before they watch uh, hashtag Shakespeare shitstorm. But uh, so far. Uh, I've, I've asked uh, audiences uh, when I've introduced the film, anybody here know The Tempest? And maybe out of 600 people, two will raise uh, their hands, uh, using again the incorrect pronoun, thanks to uh, <laughs> wokeness. Uh, so uh, it's still a lot of fun, no matter how you like it. And the train whales are really cute. <laughs> I uh, I will I will second the uh, do yourself a favor and uh, refresh yourself on the tempest because it had it had been a few years since I uh, had seen it and I was I was you know as I was watching was trying to keep up but just go read the Wikipedia just that well, you can, assuming assuming if you, you know. there's a wonderful version by Derek Jarman uh, that, that uh, I think you'd see it for free on uh, YouTube uh, there's also uh, one that's black and white with Maurice Evans. Uh, Richard Burton playing Caliban, Lee Remick playing Miranda, uh, uh, Roddy McDowell playing. Uh, I mean, it's unbelievable. All these great casts. And it's it's just a, 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 a television a, a film of a, a play, you know, a stage play. Uh, but it's lovely. And, the, and it's just all Shakespeare. It's great. And uh, the woman, uh, what's her name? Uh, Timor, Tibor, T, Julie Tamor. Uh, there are a lot of movie versions, but I, I think Jarman's is, uh, until hashtag Shakespeare Shitstorm, I think Jarman's yes. might have been the best uh, interpretation. I, I'm not sure. This Forbidden Planet, there, there are many uh, iterations of The Tempest, and uh, they're yeah. all pretty good. It's just a great play. It's the trippiest, yeah. craziest, got monsters, magic, fairy, uh, romance. Uh, you know, all the world loves a lover. So. Brave New World, the book with Brave New World is titled. From the Tempest, right? Great new world. Yeah. Quote from the Tempest. Anyway, let me uh, play myself off if you uh, don't mind. Here we go. Sounds good. Thank you very much. <laughs>